0: Welcome to Agriculture in North Carolina. Hello, farmers and friends. I'm Dan Miller. This program is all about our state's largest industry. That is agriculture. Fall has arrived in North Carolina. I got a press release this past week from a tourist organization saying 30 days from today, peak leaf color in the western part of the state. Sounds like a great trip for those who have the time. But the rest of us, no break from the diesel in grease. That's sort of the story of today's program, in fact. It kind of got away from me is that promoted Don Watkins of Granville Equipment Company scheduled to be on the show today, but he had a piece of equipment go down. However, I hadn't planned that the North Carolina legislature would bang out a budget in September, but they did. So we'll hear from Commissioner Steve Troxler today on what the Department of Agriculture in North Carolina got in the past budget. On next week's program, we'll take a deeper dive into the approved state budget and how it helps agriculture in North Carolina from the North Carolina Senate Appropriations Chair and Chair of the Agriculture Committee Sampson County melon Farmer, Senator Brent Jackson. Ag and NC is sponsored by Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, Syngenta Global, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Now, through the magic of radio, we go to the Ag and NC Duplin Studios. Jeff Turner is the COO of Murphy Family Ventures, member of the North Carolina Board of Agriculture, and co-host of this program. Mr. Turner, how goes things? All well, all well. I hope things are good with you this- They are. My house project is taking longer. It's the general contractor. That's me. <laughs> he seems to be unresponsive to his client, his wife. You don't want to get fired, dude. Better no. tighten up. No. Hey, it was a rush week, middle part of last week. Everybody trying to get in what they could get in before the rains came, and I'm looking at forecasts for this week. and I don't know that we're going to see an immense amount of drying early in the week.
1: The one thing is I think fall
0: is actually arriving on time with regard to temperatures. As fall came, so did the state budget. It took its sweet time, but I think unless you're interested in paying higher income tax, I think we got a good one. Our state's budget for the next two years with related financial documents, an easy read, 1,400 pages. The budget speeds up the lowering of personal income tax. North Carolina's personal income tax fell from 499 to 4.75% at the start of this year, the rate will be reduced to 3.99% at the end of 2025. And if certain revenue triggers are met, eh, North Carolina's income tax could fall to as low as 2.49%. And that would put us, uh, like one of the lowest flat taxes in the United States. I think only Arizona would even be competitive with us.
1: Obviously, there are states that have no, no tax, but they have property tax that's considerably higher. So, Uh, And sales tax is considerably higher.
0: I've lived in Florida. uh, Yeah.
1: This is a great thing for our state. And I, you know, the members of the General Assembly have done a terrific job in trying to do all they can to ratchet down those taxes. And that's a great benefit to everybody, including business, obviously. So my hat is off to all the leadership in the General Assembly.
0: North Carolina's corporate tax now 2.25%. Now, folks might not know that that was scheduled to phase out already by, I think, the end of the decade. That was signed back in November of 2021.
1: That's correct. It's heading in the right direction.
0: North Carolina's budget ended June the 30th, and we haven't gone into a tailspin in the amount of time it's taken to get the current budget out. That's because state law enacted back in 2016 says that we continue operating at the previous year's spending levels. Wouldn't you think that'd be a good idea for the folks in Washington, Jeff? It would be if they could, if they
1: could agree to agree. But I think the problem with the Washington side of that, Dan, is the whole push is to try to reduce the amount of spending and the continuing resolution just simply without significant change. You just continue with the same amount of budget that you've, that you've had, very similar to what we have in North Carolina. The focus, I think, in Washington at least on the House side, is to try to figure out how do you cut some of that spending. Uh, there's Obviously, there has been some holdouts, and uh, their deal fell apart last Thursday. So hopefully this week they'll get it resolved. They, but i got to tell you, it looks like we're going for a shutdown for at least a few days. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, they gave up and went home this past weekend, get a little break in the action. They'll be back tomorrow, and they've got five days left after that to be able to figure out where we're going. Our state budget, though, had a couple of interesting notes, one of which I thought was very interesting. No local minimum wage. So local governments not allowed, according to the state budget, to set their own policies for establishing minimum wage or mandating companies to provide benefits.
1: The minimum wage thing to me is kind of odd to begin with. I think the market is doing a pretty good job at setting the minimum wage.
0: I just see this as sort of like a reflection of what we talked about with Prop 12 in California, which is to say that local municipalities can't trump what the overall, in this case, the state actually is deemed to be the law. It just makes sense to me. Otherwise, it makes you, all the sense in the world, doesn't it? Exactly. We talked about the silver exodus before on this program. The state budget also says that uh, our judiciary system actually will raise their age of mandatory retirement for appellate judges from 72 to 76 years of age. I think that makes sense as well. I'm being told by the White House that 80 is the new 40. Kind of feel that way. See, I think Toby Keith said it best. I'm not as good as I once was, but I'm as good once as I ever was. Yeah. (laughs) There are days, but then again, there's other days. More Ag and NC is coming up in just a moment. But first, a word about Bill Caron Cars in Wallace, the only Chevy GMC dealer in eastern North Carolina to be an AgPAC dealer. What's that mean? It means when you buy a vehicle at Bill Corone, you're eligible for more than $30,000 in savings on products you probably already use. You can get discounts on everything from Ag products to tires. Check out the advantages of the Ag Pack program. At Bill Corone Cars, online or in Wallace. This is Ag and NC on Talk 96.3 and 103.7. I'm Dan Miller along with Jeff Turner. Another item directly related to farming that was in the budget, and that is the budget appropriation of $4 million to the North Carolina Foundation of Soil and Conservation, a nonprofit organization to work on converting Hog sludge from lagoons into fertilizer. The sludge contains high amounts of phosphorus, copper, or zinc, according to NC State. And figure out exactly how to convert that sludge into fertilizer could potentially add another revenue stream for the farm. Funds could be used from the state grant for engineering, installing, or buying equipment that gathers the sludge from lagoons or equipment to do so, not necessarily limited to just hog operations, cattle, sheep, and goats as well. Now, by the way, a match is required to be able to get the funds.
1: It's been somewhat of a perilous situation for a lot of folks with lagoons trying to figure out how do you take the sludge out and what do you do with it when you get it out. The big ticket is trying to get it dried down. And I think what they're trying to do, at least it appears to me, that that there are a number of technologies that are out there. And and the way this is written, thank goodness, it's, it's for any technology. Uh, that might come along or equipment needed because I believe uh, at some point in time, there will be a variety of ways to convert that sludge into, to fertilizer. It, you may even be able to ship it out of here. And, you know, phosphorus is obviously a, an element that's needed for all crops to grow. We desludge lagoons. We've bought a lot of equipment. We didn't apply nor got any help, if you will, for purchasing equipment to go out and, and, uh, and actually disperse or spread this phosphorus in areas that could use it. So this should help some folks to do that.
0: Does an anaerobic digester slow down the evaporative process, take some of the liquid out of it, or is it basically neutral to that?
1: With regard to the sludge accumulation, it's it's practically the same. The difference being with an aerobic lagoon, obviously the gases that come off that lagoon obviously dissipate into the atmosphere. And in this particular case, with a covered lagoon, a digester, You're going to get the same effect. It's just from my standpoint, the biggest thing is you can create methane that in itself can be sold as another revenue stream to the farm. At the same time, that covered lagoon, we don't have to worry nearly as as much about rainfall and that sort of thing because, again, that structure is now covered and it's not receiving all that excess rainfall. You know, what comes out of the building is uh, it's 98% water when it comes out of that building.
0: You clean floors with the water?
1: With the lagoon system, you take the water off the top, so to speak, and recycle it for Mm -hmm. flushing. Most of the animals are standing on a slotted floor, Mm -hmm. and their waste goes beneath them into a a pit below them. You flush those alleyways out down below several times a day. And the water that's used is actually recycled from the lagoon. It's not fresh water. It's recycled water.
0: Uh, our state budget is not necessarily a slam dunk. Governor Cooper has 10 days to take action on the budget from the, uh, from the end of last week. He can either sign it, veto it, or do nothing. And without his signature, it will become law uh, because he has a 10-day deadline in which to do something. If he did decide to veto it, the North Carolina House and Senate has supermajority and can override the veto. So this is our budget.
1: It is, and it was bipartisan
0: as well. So Yeah, i got some Democrats kicked in the House and uh, I think in the Senate as well. We'll talk more about the budget with Commissioner of Agriculture Steve Troxler. That's just ahead. You're listening to Ag and NC. Brought to you in part by Donna Byram with First Choice Insurance Partners. Call Donna at 252-792-1189. Let Donna protect your yield so you can stay in the field. 252-792-1189. This is Ag and NC, and online at agandnc.com. I'm Dan Miller, along with co-host Jeff Turner, and we're joined by the Commissioner of Agriculture in the state of North Carolina, Steve Troxler.
1: So, Commissioner, we finally got a budget, it looks like. I hope that everything that you asked for is there. You know,
2: I don't know that I've ever been through a budget process, and everything that I asked for was done, but... This one's pretty close. There's a few things in there that I would like to have seen, but overall, it's really good for the department and for Ag in North Carolina. The the main thing is being able to elevate salary levels, in, especially in positions we're having trouble filling. Right now, the department has 300 open positions, and uh, it is critical that we get these positions filled. So, we did get about $1.9 million in salary adjustment recurring, which uh, we can go in and, and pick these jobs we're having trouble with and add some salary to it, and then coupled with the 4% uh, raise that will be coming for this year, and then 3% uh, in 24, that will help.
0: Have you found that you're just not getting applications, or you're not getting qualified people, or... You found that folks just want to work remotely and don't want to come in, and those are not the jobs you have.
2: All of the above. I think if if I looked at it over time, over the past year, we probably got less than 50% of the applications for jobs that we had seen in the past. We could post some of these jobs and never get an application. We reposted. We never get an application. And it was just a function of salary level not competitive with certainly the private industry, but also local government and other state agencies. We just were not competitive. Uh, I had to close an animal di- diagnostic lab in Elkin for two months because we couldn't hire a lab director. The only pathologist that I've had at the, the new lab in Raleigh has been my lab director. And we have been able to hire one pathologist, but hopefully with uh, some of this money, we can adjust these salaries up. But, I mean, it goes on and on. Uh, the, the, the firefighters in the Forest Service, very low paid. We adjusted them last year with some of the uh, money that we had put in there, but hadn't been enough to attract a lot of people.
0: might be ignorant to this. Is there a mandatory retirement age for state employees?
2: There is not. We, you know, we really do like having employees stay more than the 30 years that's full retirement and having that institutional knowledge. And the good thing is when you raise salary and there is an incentive for employees to stay on a little bit longer to up their retirement. So we hope it has that effect also.
1: I understand there's considerable capital in this budget for agriculture. Yeah, I don't have
2: the budget in front of me, but there are some that stand out. One is we have been wanting to redo the whole research facility at Tidewater, and we got some money in the budget. I think it was the year that uh, there was no budget, and then we got money back in the budget, but it's been so doggone long since we put the estimate in. Escalating costs have eaten up a lot of it. So we got some money in there to, uh, to finish that project up. A very important thing that I think has happened is, uh, the Taylor property that we wanted to buy up in Franklin County, about 2000 acres. We want to move our forestry nursery, uh, up there to a place that it doesn't flood every time it comes a, a big rain. There's also a, a great place to do research on how do we handle flood water. Uh, we had a meeting with NC State on uh, flooding, particularly in eastern North Carolina, and talking about some of the ideas that we've had about being able to park water on private land ahead of a major flood event. And uh this is a place to be able to put some of that stuff in and experiment. The Tar River does run right through the middle of it. Uh, there's a lot of wetlands and floodplains, uh, on the property. So this may become a research you know, facility, not like maybe a crop research facility, but a facility where we do research handling water in flood conditions. So those are two things that I'm really excited about, but there were other capital requests that we made, especially for the fairgrounds. Uh, and it's, of course, it's spending. Receipt supporting money, but we plan to do about a $58 million renovation of the fairgrounds over the uh, next three years, including building a new food court where the food court is now that was probably built in the forties. I would guess it's pretty much an eyesore. So we've got permission to spend money to do that to do a major uh, utility projects uh, on the fairgrounds, but it's also going to include renovation of the wholesaler building to make it a more usable space. So there's so many good things in there that uh, we're tickled, but the gears that the bureaucracy has to grind to get things done, it doesn't happen overnight.
0: That we realize. Hang on, Commissioner Jeff. You folks as well. We'll be right back in a moment with more on Ag and NC. Our program on Talk six three and 103.7 is brought to you in part by Ag Carolina Farm Credit. Financing rural North Carolina for generations. Lending solutions for farms, land, homes, and it's all personalized for you. Ag Carolina Farm Credit, giving you room to grow. This is Ag and NC on the radio and on your mobile device under Apple or Spotify podcasts. So now that we have a state budget for the next two years, we have a better handle on how much money is available for Farm Preservation Trust. Is that like $25 million, Commissioner?
2: We got $10 million in reoccurring funds this year and $15 million the second year. And it's not quite as much as what we had asked for, but anytime we get an increase that can protect farmland, that is a really good thing. And we do couple that with federal money, particularly from the military, to be able to protect farmland around military bases. So uh we we've got something to work with and we certainly have got a big job to do to make sure that we don't get to the place we don't have the natural
1: resources to be able to be successful in act. With regard to the, the salary piece, uh with all those open positions, have they given you the right tools? They have given me a portion of the right tools.
2: Everything is appreciated, but two years ago, we did a salary study about what we would need to get uh, long-term employees up to the mid-term, uh, midpoint of their careers and and to bring the lower-level positions up to where we're competitive, and it was $8 million was the answer two years ago. 924,000 and we got a little pay raise and now with the pay raise and the uh 1.9 million i mean we're getting closer but you know it's still not could i say this is going to be the silver bullet that solves the problem probably not but will it get us further down the road than we are now i'm pretty confident it will do that
0: on the benefit side are we competitive there Yes and no. State benefits
2: are not as good as they were years ago. There's no question about it. I, and I know in my case, my health insurance, I've got a, a $4,800 out-of-pocket uh that I have to meet uh on my health insurance, and retirement is probably close to on par private industry as far as the retirement packages. Uh, the adage is when times are good, state government jobs don't look that great. But when you get into a recession, you get into hard times in the economy, The, the I guess the stability of a state job is, is attractive, and we've had decent benefits uh, to go along with that.
0: Thank you, Commissioner. We'll get back up with you in like a few weeks before the state fair, as a matter of fact.
2: I am always glad to. Uh, I'm just thankful that this budget process is over with, the argument's over with, and <laughs> we can uh, go forward and do good with what we got.
0: Thanks to our friends at the Farmer's Connection. If you've not put your hands on a copy, I highly recommend it. I actually found an implement for my Bobcat recently. Farmer's Connection is a newsprint magazine with information and ads from suppliers and dealers right here in the Carolinas and Southern Virginia. Check out used equipment from dealers like Mark Chesson & Sons in Williamston, Caps Trailer in Dover, ACOC Tractor and Stevenson's Truck & Trailer in Goldsboro, Mayor Ag Equipment in Elm City, and Premier Equipment Company, Rocky Mount, Enfield, Washington, and Aden. Farmers Connection, online and available at independent farm equipment dealers all over our state. Sorry to say, no commodity prices week over week. Commissioner Troxler was talking about being short in the Department of Ag, and that's one of the positions he's short, the person who compiles all of those statistics. Hopefully we'll have it back again next week. And that's this week's Agriculture in North Carolina. Listen to the program on Talk 96.3 or 1037, Mondays at 6.30 in the morning or 6 o'clock at night. You can also subscribe to our longer podcast version on Apple or Spotify, free on your mobile device. Details on all that and links to our sponsors on our website, agnc.com. Thanks to Ag Carolina Farm Credit, First Choice Insurance Partners, Syngenta Global, and the North Carolina Department of Agriculture and Consumer Services. Got to be NC. Agriculture in North Carolina, copyright 2023, Interbanks Media. For Jeff Turner and myself, Dan Miller, make it a great week.